and Lara had been tethered to the grand oak tree for centuries, a wisp of memory clinging to the bark. She didn't remember much of her life, only fragments. The warmth of sunshine, the sting of betrayal, the chill of death. The oak was her anchor, its rustling leaves her only companions until the storm. Lightning struck, splitting the ancient trunk, and a jolt of raw energy pulsed through the earth. It coursed through Alara, igniting something forgotten deep within. Pain, unfamiliar and terrifying, rips through her as her spectral form solidified. Blinking away the sudden glare, she found herself no longer a wisp, but flesh and bone. Panic surged through her. The world was overwhelming, a cacophony of sound and scent. Tears streamed down her unfamiliar face, blending with the rain. A kind-faced woman, eyes wide with shock, appeared before her. Her name was Sarah. She learned owner of the now-battered oak. Sarah took her in, offering warmth, food, and most importantly, understanding. Alara, with no name except the faint echo of a lost memory, became Iris. The world was both strange and wondrous. The weight of clothes, the taste of food, the sensation of running, each experience was a revelation. Sarah patiently guided her, explaining the passages of time, the changes in the world. Iris learned of cars, the internet, and a language that had evolved beyond what she remembered. It was a struggle, but every day the world became less foreign, more vibrant. One day, while Sarah, while helping Sarah at the local library, a book on local history caught her eye. A familiar ache resonated deep within as she read about the founding families, founding families of the town, one named Elmwood. A name that echoed in the recesses of her mind. Could it be? She poured over the records, piecing together fragments of the past. She was Alara Elmwood, daughter of the town founder, murdered by her jealous half-sister centuries ago. The betrayal, the cold earth, the memories flooded back, vivid and painful. Armed with this newfound knowledge, Iris returned to the oak. Kneeling by the split trunk, she felt a connection, a pull towards the earth. Closing her eyes, she focused, willing the memories to surface. Images flickered, a grand house, a secret passage, a hidden chest. With Sarah's help, they excavated the secret passage, finding a dusty chest within. Inside lay a diary. Alara's own detailing her final days, the betrayal and a hidden key. The key unlocked a crypt in the town cemetery where Alara had been buried. Inside, amongst crumbling bones and faded finery, lay a necklace, a silver locket holding a portrait of a young woman. It was her mother, a familiar warmth blooming in her chest. With trembling hands, she placed the locket around her neck, feeling a sense of completeness. She had not known she had craved. Driven by her newfound purpose, Iris sought justice. She contacted the town historian, sharing her story and the evidence from the hidden chest. The news spread like wildfire, unearthing long-buried secrets and shaking the town's foundations. As truth came to light, Alara's half-sister's descendants were forced to acknowledge their ancestors' crimes. The journey wasn't easy. Public scrutiny, doubt and threats followed her. But Iris, the woman who once floated lost and forgotten, stood tall. She used her unique perspective, her understanding of history and the passage of time to advocate for the truth and accountability. She found her voice, speaking for the voiceless, not just for herself, but for countless others lost to forgotten injustices. Years passed. Iris became a pillar of the community, a respected historian and advocate for historical preservation. She never forgot her origins, the oak tree remaining a symbol of her rebirth. 
Sarah, her constant companion, was always by her side. Though the memories of her past life often brought sorrow, they also fueled her. Her passion for justice and her love for the world she had been given a second chance to experience. One autumn afternoon, sitting beneath the gnarled branches of the oak, Iris closed her eyes, feeling the sun warmth her skin. The rustling leaves whispered stories, not just to her, but of countless others who passed beneath its branches. A smile touched her lips. She was no longer a ghost, tethered to the past. She was Iris, living, breathing, and mark, making her mark on the world one story at a time. The storm that reanimated her had not just given her life, it had given her purpose, and in that purpose she found peace, finally free to truly live. Welcome to the Tequila Hour. to the Tequila Hour. My name is Amanda. I'm your host. It is Saturday, the 10th of February, 2024, 5.28pm in Australia, New South Wales, in the secret location. And I am just going to say to you that I have just read a story, a fictional story, that was generated solely by the new Google AI Gemini. Yes. <laughs> I know of Bard. If you are a geek like me, you may or may not know a little bit about AI or chat GPT, unless you've been living under a rock, or Never heard about AI, which is artificial intelligence. It has recently, you know, look, I think I've breachly re- I'll spit it out because I'm really excited. <laughs> I think I have briefly talked about AI in the past. I haven't talked about really Gemini, which was Bard, which is was Bard, um, which is Google's AI assistant. And when I say I'm fascinated, I'm fascinated. (laughs) I am. And yeah, it just blows my mind. The whole, not even concept, that's even, the word concept doesn't suffice to describe the monumental (laughs) changes that are happening, happening at super speed around this technology, which is artificial intelligence. So, yeah, I just wanted to basically talk about it today and I think it's a subject that I probably will talk about more and more moving forward because it can 
and will lend itself to so many facets of our lives. But not only that, it's just, it just it's mind-blowing to me. And I'm really interested to see where this all goes along the journey of my life. I'm sure by the time I'm, and if you don't know already, <laughs> if you've never listened to my podcast before, I'm 51 and I will be very interested to see in the next 5, 10, 20, 30 years or more where where AI ends up or doesn't end up, <laughs> where my life sits in relation to AI. And, yeah, that's why I just wanted to talk about this today. And for me, it's, yeah, it's a truly fascinating subject. I don't know a lot about it. And I think for me it's something I want to discuss because, I look, I am an inner nerd <laughs> For someone who does know me um, kind of in real life, but this is real life, (laughs) you probably would know that, you know, technology is something I am very interested in and the ever-changing environment around our technologies. And for me, yeah, I wanted to talk about this because Gemini has only recently been released to the general public. I'm sure, you know rich fucks <laughs> being busy or Google um, high echelon or Google employees in general have been using this application for some time. Uh, this is my first experience with the Gemini application. I think I briefly used Bard and quickly discovered through, not really through use, but through watching several videos and reading several articles that Bard was a bit of a dud. <laughs> um, I have used chat GPT as well, primarily primarily on my mobile. But I'm going to tell you right now, look, I like, I, I like, I actually love Google. <laughs> and yeah, I'm very interested to see as a Google application where this goes. And is it going to be functional for everyday person like myself who, you know, could potentially use this to solve lots of things in my life, could could be a creative, um, I was going to say friend, <laughs> that's probably very basic, but could be a creative partner for someone who is creative like myself and to see where that leads So I really just did a very basic sentence and Gemini created that fictional story. So my sentence was generate an a thousand word fictional story about a ghost who reanimated into a human. Now, I'm not going to say it was the best story, (laughs) but it wasn't bad. The fact that I just did one sentence and really I wasn't very descriptive and Gemini came up with that. It was all right. (laughs) Obviously, I am someone who has in the past and continue, well, I haven't read many fiction. I read nonfiction at the moment um, in the majority of my reading when I have time to read. Yet when I say to you the story wasn't bad <laughs> for an animated system to basically on an artificial system to come up with that based on a, a sentence, yeah. <laughs> so I just want to talk a little bit about Gemini in reference to what Gemini is, and then I think moving forward I'll be, you know, conscious of creating a reminder to check in on advancements, (laughs) I'll spit it out, advancements of this particular application and platform, how it relates to my everyday life, if it's a platform that can enhance my life. Is it a platform that just falls on its ass? (laughs) Now, you, unless, again, you live in, I don't know, an igloo, (laughs) 
and you have no Wi-Fi or internet reception, Google's the search engine, all right? <laughs> Google's it for me. So I'm very... I'm very excited to see where this goes. I don't know why. It could be because it's called Gemini, which sounds strange and very fickle. But, yeah, it's very clever, actually, whoever thought of that name. And I actually want to read a little bit about introducing Gemini. Um, These um, words are actually directly from Google, and I actually did – a Google search on Gemini. I know that there is probably a more in-depth video from Marquise Brownlee, who has um, a very, well, he's on, he's a YouTuber. Basically he has an awesome YouTube channel and multiple offshoots off that channel. So I'm very interested to see and hear his thoughts on Gemini. Um, Here's someone who's probably way more up to date as to where this application stands and its progress and his thoughts and feelings about this as an AI model. But that's not going to stop me from talking about it today because, like I said, I'm truly fascinated about this subject. So when I look at the website, so it says introducing Gemini, our largest and most capable AI model. So like I said, if you didn't know, BARD, B-A-R-D, was the first iteration, iteration, not iteration, iteration of an AI by Google. It's now Gemini. So this note is from Google and Alphabet CEO Sandar Pichai, or Pichai, as in P-I-C-H-A-I. I'm going to read it verbatim and we'll go from there. So Sandal, every technology shift is an opportunity to advance scientific discovery, accelerate human progress and improve lives. I believe the transition we are seeing right now with AI will be the most profound in our lifetimes, far bigger than the shift to mobile or the web before it. Big words. A AI has the potential to create opportunities from every day to the extraordinary for people everywhere. It will bring new ways of innovation and economic progress and drive knowledge, learning, creativity and productivity on a scale we'll have never or we haven't ever seen before. That's what excites me is the chance to make AI helpful for everyone everywhere in the world. Nearly eight years into our journey as an AI-first company, the pace of progress is only accelerating. Millions of people are now using generative AI across our products to do things they couldn't even do a year ago. From finding answers to more complex questions to using new tools to collaborate and create. At the same time, developers are using our models and infrastructure to build new generative generative AI applications and startups and enterprises around the world are growing with our AI tools. This is incredible momentum and yet we are only beginning to scratch the surface of what's possible. We're approaching this work boldly and responsibly. This means being ambitious in our research and pursuing the capabilities that will bring enormous benefits to people and society while bringing, or should say not bringing, while building in safeguards and working collaboratively with governments and experts to address risks as AI becomes more capable. Interesting. Just think about that for a second and park it. (laughs) And we continue to invest in the very best tools, foundation models and infrastructure and bring them to our products and to others guided by our AI principles. Okay, that's interesting. You've got principles. Now we're taking the next step on our journey with Gemini. Like I said, it's a great name. Our most capable and general model yet with state-of-the-art performance across many leading benchmarks. Our first version, Gemini 1.0, is optimised for different sizes, Ultra, Pro and Nano. These are the first models of the Gemini era and the first realisation of the vision we had when we formed Google DeepMind earlier this year. 
Cool, I'd like to be part of DeepMind. That sounds cool. This new era of models represents one of the biggest science and engineering efforts we've undertaken as a company. I'm genuinely excited for what's ahead and for the opportunities Gemini will unlock for people everywhere. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Mate, if you're not fucking excited about that, what the hell? (laughs) That's really cool. So introducing Gemini. So this introduction is by Demise Hazesibis. Is that how you say it? Hazabus. I'm so sorry if that's incorrect. Hazabus, as in H-A-S-S-A-B-I-S, CEO and co-founder of Google DeepMind on behalf of the Gemini team. AI has been the focus of my life's work and for many of my research colleagues. Ever since programming AI for computer games as a teenager, And throughout my years as a neuroscience researcher trying to understand the workings of the brain, I've always believed that if we could build smarter machines, we could harness them to benefit humanity in incredible ways. This promise of of a world responsibly empowered by AI continues to drive our work at Google DeepMind. For a long time, we've wanted to build a new generation of AI models, inspired by the way people understand and interact with the world. AI that feels less like a smart piece of software and more like something useful and initiative. Innovative? Initiative? Innovative? No, it's initiative. An expert, helper or assistant. Today we're a step closer to this vision as we introduce Gemini, the most capable and general model we've ever built. Gemini is the result of a large-scale collaborative efforts by teams across Google, including our colleagues at research, uh, Google Research. It was built from the ground up to be the multimodal, which means it can generalise and seamlessly understand, operate across, and combine different types of informa- information, including text, code, audio, image, and video. Gemini is also our most flexible model yet, able to effectively run on everything from data centers to mobile devices. Its state-of-the-art capabilities will significantly enhance the way developers and enterprise customers build and scale with AI. We've optimized Gemini 1.0, our first version, for three different sizes, so those being Gemini Ultra, our largest and most capable model for highly complex tasks. Gemini Pro, our best model for scaling across a wide range of tasks. Gemini Nano, our most effective model for on-device tasks. State-of-the-art performance. We've been rigorously testing our Gemini models and evaluating their performance on a wide variety of tasks from natural image, audio, and visual, understanding to understanding mathematical reasoning, Gemini's Ultra's performance exceeds current state-of-the-art results on a 30 of the 32 widely used academic benchmarks used in large, 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 <laughs> large language model LLM research and development. With a score of 90%, now I don't know how they get to this, Gemini Ultra is the first model to outperform human experts on MMLU, Massive Multitask Language Understanding, which uses a combination of 57 subjects such as math, physics, history, law, medicine, and ethics for testing both world knowledge and problem-solving abilities. Our new benchmark approach to MMLU enables Gemini to use its reasoning capabilities to think more carefully before answering difficult questions leading to significant improvements over just using its first impression. What? (laughs) What, what, what? (laughs) Mate. That's a lot. (laughs) And so you know, on this actual 
Google page, it talks about it has it shows a table and the difference and the benchmarks between Gemini Ultra and GPT four. And basically Google is saying or claiming, you know, because there's all a bit of sister um is it skepticism? <laughs> That's the word I'm looking for. Where, you know, of course, one, Google's going to say they're better than GPT, aren't they? Come on. <laughs> um, or, you know, they're not going to say we're less awesome than that. Um, it continues to say that Gemini Ultra is also achieves a state-of-the-art score of 59.4. I don't really know what that benchmark really means. On the new MMU benchmark, which consists of multi-model tasks spanning from different domains requiring deliberate reasoning. Oh, mate. <laughs> if I was a computer, I'd be like, yeah, that's hot. <laughs> What's it like? I don't know. I'm weird. With image benchmarks, we've tested Gemini Ultra outperformed previous state-of-art models without assistance from optical character recognition. Okay, interesting. OCR systems that extract text from images for further processing. Okay, because I do understand OCR. These benchmarks highlight Gemini's native multimodality. Mate, these words are making me hot. And it <laughs> indicate early signs of Gemini's more complex reasoning abilities. What, bitch? Again, there's a table about multimodal, which I didn't even know was a word. Next generation capabilities is the next heading. Until now, the standard approach to creating multimodal models involved training separate components for different modalities and then stitching them together to roughly mimic some of its functionality. These models can sometimes be good at performing certain tasks like describing images but struggle with more conceptual and complex reasoning. We designed Gemini to be natively multimodal, pre-trained from the start on different modalities. Then we fine-tuned it with additional multimodal data to further refine its effectiveness. These are all big claims, Google. <laughs> Just saying. This helps Gemini seamlessly understand and reason about all kinds of imports from the ground up far better than existing multimodal multimodal models and its capabilities are state-of-the-art in nearly every domain next heading sister sophisticated reasoning gemini's 1.0 sophisticated multimodal reasoning capabilities can make or help make sense of complex written and visual information this makes it uniquely skilled and uncovering knowledge that can be difficult to discern amid vast amounts of data. Okay. Yep, I've got that skill though. <laughs> it's remarkably abil- it's remarkable ability to extract insights from hundreds of thousands of documents <sighs> through reading, filtering, and understanding information will help deliver new breakthroughs of breakthroughs at digital speeds in many fields from science to finance. Mm. understanding text, images, audio, and more. Gemini 1.0 was trained to recognize and understand text, images, audio, and more at the same time, so it better understands nuanced information and can answer questions relating to complicated topics. This makes it especially good at explaining, explaining reasoning in complex subjects like math and physics. Advanced coding is the next heading. Our first version of Gemini can understand, explain, and generate high-quality code in the world's most popular programming language like Python, Java, and C++, and Go. Its ability to work across languages and reason about complex information makes it one of the leading foundation models for coding in the world. I'm just going to stop there. I'm going to have a quick break, as in have a quick drink. Drink break. I'm going to just quickly say I'm all for talking yourself up, but Google. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah. They're like, we're the shit. <laughs> this is what's happening. 
Gemini Ultra excels in several coding benchmarks, including including human aval, never heard of it, an important industry standard for evaluating performance on coding tasks, and natural to code our internal internal our internal held out data set which uses author generated sources instead of web based information. Gemini can also be used as the as the engine for more advanced coding systems. Two years ago, we presented AlphaCode, the first AI code generated. What the first AI code generation system to reach a compl- uh, competitive level of performance in programming competitions. Oh my god, really? Using a specialized version of Gemini, we created a more advanced code generation system, AlphaCode Two, which excels in solving competitive programming problems. I'll say that quick, fast. Competitive programming problems that go beyond coding to involve com- to involve complex math and theoretical computer science. Fuck me. When evaluated on the same platform as the original AlphaCode, AlphaCode 2 shows massive improvements showing nearly twice as many problems and we estimate that it performs better than 85% of competition participants, up from nearly 50% for AlphaCode. When programmers collaborate with AlphaCode 2 by defining certain properties for the code samples to follow, it performs even better (laughs) and you're all lost your jobs. No. We're excited for for programmers to increasingly use highly capable AI models as collaborative tools that can help them reason about the problem, propose co-designs and assist with implementation so that they can release apps and design better services faster. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. (laughs) What else have we got? So it basically then goes into... Oh, here we go. It's starting to get a bit long-winded. <laughs> More reliable, scalable, and efficient, built with responsibility and safety at the core. Mm. <laughs> That's an interesting discussion, isn't it? What do they classify as safety for all? Making Gemini available to the world. Starting today, Barb will use a fine-tuned version of Gemini Pro. Mm. Bringing Gemini to Pixel. Oh, as in the Pixel 8 Pro. In the coming months, Gemini will be available in more product services like Search, Ads, Chrome, and Duet AI. Building with Gemini, Gemini Ultra coming soon. For Gemini Ultra, we're currently completing extensive trust and safety checks. Interesting. Including red teaming by trusted external parties, whoever they are and further refining the model using fine-tuning and reinforcement learning for human feedback. Really? RLHF before making broadly available. As part of this process, we'll make Gemini Ultra available to select customers. Mm, of course you will. Developers, partners, and safety in responsible, and safety and responsibility experts for early expect, early experimentation and feedback before rolling it out to developers and to enterprise customers early next year. So 2025, they reckon. Early next year, we'll also launch Bard Advance. So why is there Bard and Gemini? Okay, Bard Advance, a new cutting-edge AI that gives you access to best models and capabilities starting with Gemini Ultra. Why would why would they have Bard and Gemini? I don't understand. Okay, <laughs> Then it says Bard becomes Gemini. So I'm really confused there. (laughs) And then there is an actual place where you can actually use Gemini Advanced and more with Google One AI Premium Plan, (laughs) of course. Ultra, the most ultra state-of-the-art performance designed. Okay, storage. Gemini, Gemini and Gmail. Docs. Well, that's Microsoft, isn't it? Um, sorry, I'm just thinking in my mind about documents. Other Google One Premium benefits. Mm, so you can actually select to have Gemini Advanced for the low, low cost of $32.99, which is, I'm assuming, American dollars. So around, what, 50-something dollars Australian. Uh, first two months are free, apparently. Wow. 
It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot when we're talking about this. And it just blows me away. I'll just go back to what I was saying. I literally, oh, yeah, so there's just Gemini. It's just Gemini. So I actually opened Gemini. And like I said, I just created a story <laughs> just using a very basic sentence. Suggest the best parks to visit. Brainstorm ideas. Draft an email to a recruiter. Wow. Come up with a new product. Come up with a product name. Okay. Wow. Okay. <laughs> It is bloody interesting. I don't know about you, but I find this subject extremely interesting, probably because AI, I don't really, oh, look, I know what AI is, <laughs> artificial intelligence, but it's just, I don't know, it's it's brave new world for me. Uh, it comes back to that for me. So you... If you haven't listened to my podcast before, my favourite novel of all time is Brave New World by Audis Huxley. Always has been, always will be. It, like I said, I read it a long, long, a long, long, long time ago. I actually started reading it on the podcast and I thought, oh, maybe I'd get copyrighted. So I stopped doing that because that probably is not a good idea. I don't want to cop- get copyrighted or striked. Um, for reading a novel (laughs) when I say to you and yeah I just thought you know just side note if I ever have the opportunity moving forward to actually work for Audible or Spotify and actually read Brave New World as a audience is that a word (laughs) Is audience a word? I don't think it is. I would like to be able to be, yeah, I'd like to read Brave New World on that platform. Anyway, I'm going manif- to manifest that. I don't know. I just I just lost track of my own thoughts there and I thought, fuck, that just blew me away. Brave New World is a novel by Audius Huxley. He wrote this book in 1931 and published it in 1932. Some of the main topics of this novel basically can relate to our current century and moving forward. And it is and, yeah, will always be something that has deeply resonated. The the topics in Brave New World just, I don't know, (laughs) To the very core of me as a person, deeply resonate me, resonate me, <laughs> resonate me. But well, they do resonate me. They also do deeply resonate in me. I have one of the, oh, or like, not that you need to know this. I actually have a tattoo on my left arm, which is a barcode. It's, I actually got that because I'm like, one day, you know, we're all just going to be a bit like solvent green. <laughs> eating people that we're going to be controlled by and we are to an extent now controlled by the government and we're all robots in the society and we all have our different different levels of you know people and oh I just could go into it I could talk about Brave New World all day to be honest it's just a fascinating novel and I would highly say Highly recommend and say to anyone who hasn't read that book before, novel, highly recommend you read Brave New World by Aldous Huxley. It is very heavy in regards to its language and how he describes things. In that, if I want to flip that to you as well, if you want to learn your vocabulary (laughs) and have a greater understanding of the concept of language, which I've talked about before, some of the words that he use, uses, some of the words you'll never hear in your life ever again. Um, they're beautiful and, yeah, I, it's just, it's actually a beautiful, beautiful concept, a beautiful idea. Yeah, <laughs> and I love it very much. So I don't know why I'm getting emotional about Brave New World anyway. It's a bit weird. But, yeah, to say to you that, yeah, this whole idealism idea, it's not even an idea anymore. It's actually happening. 
right now in life where I've just basically created a, a small sentence and Gemini has created an, a thousand word description of, you know, complete fiction about a story about a ghost that comes back to life. Even though there's lots of gaps and lots of fancy words that don't really go anywhere, it's amazing to me. And yeah, I am super interested in this topic. It is something that I really need to make sure I write this down because I am being, not being, I am now realizing because I've often got so many things going, <laughs> like I'm Rain Man. No, <laughs> I'm not Rain Man. I have, I often have so many ideas in my mind that I have to write them down. And if I don't, I quickly lose them and I try and bring them back and I can't, I can't recall them. So, or I recall them completely, you know, out of the blue while I'm, you know, buying lipstick. So I don't know. <laughs> They're not conducive to, you know, re- recalling and a particular idea when I'm, you know, buying bread at Woolies. I need to be, I need to write them down there and then, <laughs> even if I'm going to walk around with a bloody diary. So I do that because, yeah, or just all these subjects that truly do fascinate me. And yeah, I, just as a bit of a side, I'm going to have a quick drink, drink break, drink break. I want to lead into, or do I? <laughs> I just want to say, I was actually going to describe my week <laughs> and I was going to describe interactions and I might leave that for another day because there's still conversations to be had. What I will say though is just sitting here now and talking about AI and talking about Brave New World and talking about the subjects that inspire me and spark me and uh, create a fire in me and Oh, blow my mind and I have no idea about but I just want to know more about it and yeah and here I am and I can honestly hand on heart say to you I was ruminating about a conversation and an email in particular that what's it what who cares <laughs> really who cares this Oh, I'm just going to stop my podcast for one second. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm back. I'm back. Back streets, back. All right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just took a call from my husband and then it turned into a really long conversation and a really helpful conversation for me. So, you thanks. Clinked. <laughs> anyway, I was touching on, like I said, something that happens throughout the week and then culminating on Friday and realising as I do this podcast, and I'll be honest with you, earlier today I really was in a, what's it called? What's the word? Discombobulated? Mate, (laughs) discombobulated. That is the best word to describe my mindset for most of the day and I was really struggling just to give myself some grace and just to say fuck it (laughs) and to just really look within and acknowledge that yeah I've got this and I'm on the right path and believe in myself and trust myself and like I said all these little things that I've done in my life like which I've talked about (laughs) and I'm getting off the subject of AI but you know I've mentioned in previous podcasts that I've actually got that believe the word believe on my arm I've got the symbols for trust and strength on my arm tattoos that is I've got a microphone on my arm they're all on my right arm (laughs) all in front of my fucking face to remind me as a visual concept that, yeah, trust myself, believe in myself, I have a voice, I've got this, follow my path, fuck everyone else. I mean, don't fuck my husband. Well, you could fuck my husband. No. 
What am I trying to say? What I'm trying to say in a ladylike manner is <laughs> that, yeah, put myself first, believe in myself, trust myself. I know the path I'm on. I know the journey I want to go on. And I look forward to the journey of what that is to come. And that journey also includes the exciting world of AI. So I'm going to say to you after this podcast, I will write down a little notation because I do, which I don't think I've ever discussed, and some people have this as well, where anytime I have an idea (laughs) and I need to carry this around as well, another book, just thinking out loud, little diary where if I've got an idea as I'm out and about in the world, I can quickly write it down. Um, I get a lot of my ideas from, you know, conversations or I watch a YouTube channel and someone says a particular word and it sparks an interest in me and I'll quickly write it down when I'm at home. So I do need to carry a diary where I can just write down these things so I can come back to it. So I am where I'm sitting here in, I still haven't come up with a better name than the studio. (laughs) Maybe that's what I will do. (laughs) Another idea. I will create a poll, a poll, not a, yeah, a poll, not a poll, a poll as in P-O-L-L, to ask anyone who happens to listen to this podcast, what should I call the studio? Or what should I name the studio? As in, not just the studio. <laughs> the den? See, that's boring. The den? Do I reference Star Wars? No. <laughs> the chasm. No. It's not that. I don't know. I need to come up with a better name for this podcast area, this, this spare room that I have all my you know, beautiful items and makeup and shoes and perfume and all my beautiful electronic devices for my podcast. So I do need to come up. Yes, I do need to write that down. I don't know. I just, it's not that I forget. I just have so much in my mind so I have to get it out. And it's one of those things where if you are a creative person, and I'm sure creative people feel this way, is that there's so much in your mind. It's like, oh, you have to get it out. So, yes, I'll definitely write it down and create a poll so someone can, you know, if you've got a great idea for a name for the studio instead of just the studio, let me know. (laughs) Anywho, I think I might leave it there today. I will create a series around something about Gemini. I don't know what it is, but when I say to you that this is going somewhere, (laughs) could it be Google is listening to me right now and reading my mind and forcing me to follow them? (laughs) Are you a sceptic? Are they electronically... (laughs) doing this no uh i don't know they could be like honestly i'm not saying they're not <laughs> i'll put that out there now we now we're getting x files <laughs> shit going on what i will say to you is after these podcasts i'm gonna write this down and i think i'm not think i will create a series around this particular ai platform because I have a feeling that this is going to go somewhere. <laughs> I don't know where because I'm not a fucking Google modelizer or modulist <laughs> in any shape or form. But when I say to you that something about this, I don't know, it's created a little spark in me and so I want to keep going and go from there. So I've just seen my husband pull up in the driveway. I'm going to stop this podcast now. Thank you to those who listen. You can contact me anytime at info at thetequilahour.com.au. I also do have my YouTube channel, The Tequila Hour, on YouTube, which I just said, and Instagram. You can follow me there, which I'd greatly appreciate. You can listen to this podcast on all your streaming platforms, including Spotify. Hey, being mine. And I will catch you 
on the next one. Thank you to those who listen and continue to listen. And I'll see you on the next one. Bye. Deserve